Welcome. My name is Michael Asetta. I'm the founder of Matador Canine Brilliance and author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes. You're listening to the Acknowledge Dogs Podcast. What I want to talk to you about today is playing tug with your dog. It's not that difficult of a concept. Okay, you know, I pull this way, my dog pulls back. But for whatever reason, so many individuals struggle with the concept of playing with their dog in an effective way that's actually productive, right? For years, I was taught, you know, when I was younger, when I was growing up, I didn't grow up with dogs, but I grew up knowing a little bit about dogs. People had their concepts and, you know, you don't touch the dog, don't look a dog in the eye, never play with a dog's mouth, those kinds of things. And one of the things I always heard was never play tug with a dog. Even, even as I started growing and learning and gaining more experience and knowledge about dog training and psychology, people kept saying, don't play tug with dogs. Shelters were pushing this heavily. Don't play tug with dogs. Don't play tug with dogs. You know, if you had a working dog, you had a German Shepherd, a Belgian Malinois, a Pitbull, an Australian Shepherd, don't play tug with your dog. Don't play tug with your dog. It's going to make them aggressive. That's what everyone said. Tug is going to make your dogs aggressive. Make your dogs aggressive. Aggression is a behavior just like anything else. So playing tug with your dog isn't going to make them aggressive. If anything, if they're already aggressive, playing tug would might bring it out, but it's not actually going to. So what does tug do? Tug is an insanely useful tool at building our dog's motivation and rewarding them at such a high level of excitement. That's what tug can do when done effectively, of course, right? So if I'm going to work with my dog, let's say, and I'm going to teach them obedience. Yeah, I could use food, right? They sit, I could give them a treat. Or I could say sit, they do it, and now I pull up a tug toy. They jump up, they grab a hold of it. Now I can control how much excitement and playing that my dog gets, right? If they did an exceptional job of sitting, I can do an exceptional job of playing tug. If they did a mediocre version of sitting, I can reward it lackadaisically, and then I can have them stop, and I can have them sit. Not only can I reward with more motivation, right? I can boost up their confidence and wanting to chase after something and I can make them more excited, which means I can reward faster responses, right? The third third pillar of dog training, we talk about speed and motivation. So this is huge. Not only can I do that, but I can actually teach them how to have a level head, how to think clearly when they're excited. If my dog is all over the place, the zoomies, right? The zoomies at six o'clock, dog starts chasing itself, <laughs> its own shadow. It's jumping off the couch. It's going into the kitchen, into the bathroom. It's knocking the water bowl over. Those zoomies are because your dog is overstimulated. No matter how much you yell, no matter how much you try to get their attention, they just can't focus. What if I told you playing tug could fix that? Playing tug with your dog, actually rewarding them by playing and getting exciting and then stopping, having them stop, drop the toy and sit because they know what will get excitement, right? What behavior do they have to do in order to get more excitement, more enjoyment, more playing with you? That's what tug can do if you do it right. Now, if you do tug wrong, if you do tug wrong, you can develop problem behaviors. Now, before I go into what problem behaviors can happen by playing tug, I want to give you something for free. It's absolutely free. It's a gift for me to you because way too many people are suffering with problem behaviors and they don't need to. Click the link in the description. It's a free PDF guide on resolving complicated bad habits without having to punish your dog. 
It's a very short, simple read, but it is packed with useful information. So please take advantage of it. Click the link in the description and use it to the fullest extent. But what problem behaviors can result when you do tug incorrectly? Number one, resource guarding. Right? Your dog can take the tug and go hide it because you're constantly stealing it from them, especially if you're intentionally trying to steal it from them. They could break down the trust between you guys. And now you have resource guarding. Resource guarding is all about trust. I can take things away from my dog because they trust me. I'm not going to do anything bad and I might give them something better or the thing back. Right? If I came up to you and stole your wallet, you're going to be resource guarding of your wallet. You're going to become defensive. You're going to fight me. Maybe even punch me in the mouth. But if I say, hey, can I take your wallet? I do a magic trick and I give everything back to you. I didn't steal any money. I didn't do it. I gave everything back to you. And I gave you some more, right? Because I entertained you for a little bit. That magic trick is how we built trust. And you trusted me enough to give me your wallet so I can do this magic trick so then I can give it back to you. And I'm not trying to trick you in any way besides, of course, the, the magic trick part, but I'm not stealing anything. I'm not doing something like that. So your dog can develop resource guarding issues simply because you're stealing things from them all the time. On top of that, if it's not resource guarding, they can learn to keep things away from you. So they'll bring a toy right up to you, and instead of giving it to you, they'll run away because they want you to chase them. That becomes a problem. They want you to actually engage in the game of chase instead of the game of tug. So what I tell for owners that struggle with that, have a couple pieces of treat. Have your dog come up to you, bring the toy, and drop some treats on the floor. They drop the toy in order to eat the treats. You pick up the toy again and try to engage them in tug. You can let them have it, but then bring out the treats again or bring out a second toy. Get them re-engaging with you. If you play tug and you stop, you let go of the tug, they should be shoving the tug back into you so you can play again. If they're not doing that, then you're not being very playful in an over-exuberant kind of way. And some people just aren't that way. So you have to find an alternative for you. That's where treats come in. That's where some other techniques come in. The third thing I want to talk about when it comes to tug, and this is probably where people think, oh, your dog's going to become aggressive. If you don't work on mouth-eye coordination is what I'm going to call it, right? Your dog jumps up and they're aiming for the toy, but they get your hand, right? They're aiming for right there, but they get your hand. Mouth-eye coordination, if your dog doesn't have that because they're moving too fast or they never practice or they're a goofy puppy, you're going to get bit in the hand. Teach your dog where to aim and odds are they're going to stop biting you in the hand, right? If you never teach them, if you never deal with it, you never try to fix it. You never try to give them the right opportunity for success. If you never go forth and put forth the effort, they aren't going to know what to do and they're going to keep biting your hand. So take a break, right? I have this big toy. I don't have it here in my office, but it was a, a why toy. Oh, I remember why I don't have it. <laughs> my dog destroyed it. <laughs> my dog destroyed uh, one of my favorite toys. That's fine. It was a, a long tube, and I would hold the outsides of the toy, and he would bite right in the middle, and then we could play tug. So what I started doing was I'd bring my hands closer and closer and closer. As I got closer, the space between my hands got smaller, which means he has to aim for the space between my hands and get really good at it. Did he nip me a couple times? Yeah. Was I expecting that? Absolutely. But when he did get a hold of the toy in the correct position, I can reward him by playing tug. If he completely missed and got my hand, I was prepared to stop, hold the toy still, and reset. I'm not going to get mad at him. I'm not going to yell at him. I'm not going to substitute with something else. 
I'm just going to tell him that that didn't work. And then what he needs to do is try better next time. When he does try better, I'm going to reward that heavily. So those three things are the things that could happen, right? You shouldn't do with your dog. You shouldn't try to steal it because you're going to ruin your trust with your dog. You should expect to get nipped. You should expect that to happen. And third, you should have some kind of system in place so you can keep your dog with you and engaged with you as opposed to fighting you for the tug toy and then running away with it. But when you're playing tug correctly, those three things don't matter. One, you're not fighting the dog ever for the toy, so they shouldn't resource guard it. Number two, they should want to engage with you. So even if they did resource guard it in a weird kind of way, they would bring the toy to you, which is fantastic. So if they're running to you for with the toy so that you can play, they can't resource guard it at the same time. And number three, you're expecting them to get better and better at aiming, which means they're not going to bite your hands as much. If they're not biting your hands as much, they're going to learn not to put their teeth on you, which can stop puppy biting, which can stop you know, uh, older dogs that have a tendency to nip because they're excited or they're playing and they just didn't learn as a puppy. This can stop them from doing those things. So Tug is a wonderful, wonderful tool when you use it correctly. You should be rewarding your dog for the excitement that they bring to training, to the motivation towards the tug toy. And you can even reward, going off a little tangent here, you can reward their motivation towards the tug toy by playing more tug or by giving them treats. You can build up how much tug they want to do by playing more tug when they show more motivation. I know that sounds kind of backwards, right? If I were to go to a push-pull door, let's just say, Let's just say a jammed door. Push-pull door kind of gets into some other things. But a jammed door. You got a jammed door. Now I'm going to push it. Nothing happens. I'm going to push a little bit harder and nothing happens. If I shove through the door with 110%, eventually I'm going to open up the door. And it required 110% of my effort. Same thing goes for your dog. If they give 50%, they don't get the toy, but they're still motivated. They're still going to try again. Then they give 60% and they still miss the toy just by, just by the skin of their teeth. They miss the toy. And they jump up to 100. And you reward that, right? They actually get the tug toy. Then they are being rewarded for the motivation and effort required to get that toy. That is how you build a dog that loves playing and training and exercising and all of this stuff put together. And to do that, you need a little bit of practice. You have to kind of work on your skills before trying to do it with your dog. But once you do work with your dog and you get that level, the connection between the two of you, the engagement will be absolutely insane. I'll tell you a quick story. One of my favorite clients, we talk about every three weeks now, because she's been doing so well, she doesn't need to meet every week. So we talk about every couple of weeks. And she plays tug with her German Shepherd. Her German Shepherd loves playing tug with her, loves playing fetch and all of those types of games, loves it to the moon and back. So this dog is 100% focused on her when they go to the field to work. She knows exactly what the expectations are. She knows exactly what she needs to do and how to get her reward. But when they go to do something else, let's say a hike, they still have to use treats. And they've been trying to transition over to toys, but there's just a lot going on. Once they get into that toy realm, this dog and this owner are going to be unstoppable. Absolutely unstoppable. But that's not how it always was. The dog couldn't focus, couldn't pay attention, couldn't engage. But because they got to play so much together, 
They built such a strong relationship and the motivation was improved every single time they played. That's what you should be looking for. That's what you should be aiming toward every single training session with your dog. Thank you guys for listening. If you have comments or questions, please leave them below in the uh, in the comment section. <laughs> or you can ask me on any social media platform or on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're going to try to be on Twitter a little bit more. Twitter and Twitter has been evading me. So if you're interested in us talking on Twitter more, please, you know, let me know. Let me know if you're on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, then I won't go on Twitter. But I think I think some of you are on Twitter and um, you're missing out on all the good stuff that we post. Also, remember to take advantage of the free guide in the description. Resolving complicated bad habits without having to punish your dog. I'm Michael Asetta. Thank you guys for listening.